The Houston Marathon and Half Marathon have a lot going for them. January in Texas usually yields some pretty favorable weather, the course was plotted with speedy times in mind, and the fact that it brings in some of the best North American and worldwide talent, well, that doesn't hurt either. It's no wonder that countless Canadians over the years have made the pilgrimage to the lower half of Texas to chase new personal bests and standards alike. This year was no different, with Evan Esselink and Natasha Wodek having the best races in the half of the Canadian contingent. On this week's show, though, we're going to focus on the top Canadians doing the 42.2km race, setting the standard early for the type of year we'll hopefully have in the event. Melinda Elmore, 2004 Olympian in the 1500, turned mother, triathlete, coach, and now marathoner, joins us to talk about her debut in the event this past weekend, running 232.15, and later in the show, Tristan Woodfine lowered his marathon personal best to a 2.15.19, a time that will most definitely open up some opportunities for the young runner. Nothing is off the table in this rare interview with him. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram. A Tracky Radio production. Melinda Elmore is probably best known for her Olympic appearance at the Athens Games in 2004, running the 1500, an event she has a lifetime best of 402.64 in. Since then, though, she's retired from the track, started to raise a family, tackled Ironman events, and now... She's taken on her first marathon. In her debut this past weekend in Houston, Melindy ran a 2.32.15. We chatted with Melindy earlier this week. We started off by asking if she ever thought that she'd see her name on top of the women's marathon rankings, a place where she is right now for the year 2019. <laughs> no, I, I don't think back in my 1500 meter days that I um, fancied myself a future marathoner. Um, and if if I ever thought I'd run a marathon, I, I certainly wouldn't have expected myself to be uh, racing a marathon. Yeah, you know, I've you, you hear kind of two camps on this. Um, you know, you hear a lot of middle distance runners saying, you know, I'm I'm never going to run a, a marathon ever, and then you hear people like I talked to to Nate Brennan, and, and Nate Brennan said, well, you know, I'd I'd like to one day, probably not put as much focus into it as uh, you know, my 1500 meter racing, but maybe do it someday. When you started this whole endeavor, you know, was this the goal to, to run competitively and, and knock it out of the park? Or was it more of a, uh, let's say a Kevin Sullivan approach where it's, you know, let's, let's start this long run and, and see where it ends. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple things there. I think part of the, the, the former camp of thinking that you're not going to race the marathon might have to do with specificity because that's a hard word for me uh because it's um you know when you're doing 1500 meter training your long run it's easy but it hurts because you're carrying so much intense load into it so you think this is miserable why would i want to run um 26 miles when just running 12 miles on the weekend is hard so that's probably the context i was coming from whereas now it's almost a flip if you ask me to do a workout that i did in the past on the track there's no way i could do it and it sounds really ridiculously hard um because you know i'm i was much more prepared to run a marathon now than i was when i was running at 1500 um so i don't i'm not familiar with kevin sullivan's approach to the marathon do you mean that he did one and he just did it kind of for fun as a run versus running it as hard as he could yeah so i i think that the um 
what he was going for is he he went down to Hawaii and he he started the marathon race and then I, I believe he just kept on going and he ran uh two forty one I believe his final oh, time wow. was yeah so you know yeah. as as he does as he does but um <laughs> yeah that was that was the whole approach there yeah 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 well um of course Kevin's immensely talented so it's not surprising um. I guess my, my thing is, so I got into racing Ironman the last few years and half Ironman after I finished running track competitively. So I'm way less intimidated by endurance events and the distance required and, and I'm much better at, um, you know, pacing my body than I used to be. Um, so the challenge of doing a marathon was no longer the challenge itself because I've done a couple Ironmans. So I've done a marathon at the end of a swim and a bike which I'll tell you, when you start a marathon six or so hours into a day when you've already depleted yourself and biked as hard as you can for 180K, um, it, it actually feels pretty nice to finish, start a marathon off fresh. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, I ran just under three hours in one of my Ironman off of, off of the back of, a, of the swim and the bike. So I knew I could do it, right? And I knew I actually enjoyed it. Um, so my, my goal for this is just to see how fast I could run it by following a process of preparing for a marathon and whether that landed me at 240 or, you know, in this case, 232 or whether that's 250, it would have been the same process. So, you know, you, you put down this incredibly, uh, competitive time. I think from, from what I've read, it's, it was even faster than, than what you thought. Um, you know, you mentioned that you retired from, from track, but, you know, has this has this kindled something new? Is is this something that you want to chase down to his logical end, or is this uh, kind of more of like a, a one off, or maybe try it again, or you know, like what what are your thoughts on this after after Houston? Yeah, well, I kind of like just um, a process of reinvention every few years, and I I chased the fifteen hundred for a lot of years. You know, right from being a grade eight, grade nine kid who loved the sport. Um, that took me through probably 20 years of that being a pretty singular focus. Um, and then when I moved on from that, I was totally ready to move on, uh, in 2012 when I finished running competitively, um, and had other, you know, career and personal goals and was really happy being a retired athlete. I didn't have aspirations to get back into high level sport. I was happy to move on. And then it just sort of insidious. It sort of just, I get like being fit. I like training. I like, uh, doing events. I find it fun to go to races. And I also like to put some effort into them. And then suddenly it's like, I, I find myself back in the realm of being competitive again, just by, by following that journey um, and having fun with it. So whether it leads to something more, I kind of have to, I have to see where it goes. Um, and, you know, I'm like, do I go back to triathlon or do I jump back into road racing? I'm certainly not going back to track racing. Um, but that would be, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, actually I should never say never cause I've done things I said I wouldn't do. Um, so we'll see, but I really enjoyed the training and, and the race on Sunday and I'm, I am kind of interested in, in, you know, taking another shot at, at the marathon. I think that, um, I learned a lot and could hopefully improve on that. You know, I, I don't have to tell you that the training for a 202, um, 800 meter is world's different from from what you have to do for for the type of marathon that that you ran and and for the ironman you know what what was that transition like what that didn't that didn't happen overnight i would i would think yeah i think well it's just kind of evolving over the years as a person and an athlete right and what 
appeals to you when you're um, younger is different than when it's older. And I loved, loved 800, 1500 meter training. Like I loved putting my spikes on and running as fast as I could and, you know, leaving it all out there and lying on the track in a heaping mess after a hard workout where your stomach's churning and your head is throbbing. Like I, I really love that. And I think, but you know, and it is a different sport, middle distance to long distance running really in the approach. But what I keep coming back to, it's, it's a process of trying to be the best you can be in whatever that discipline is. And for me, for a while it was triathlon and I was a bad swimmer. And so that was an intriguing process to go to the pool every day, figure out if I could improve my technique and my fitness to become a competent swimmer. And it's a challenge. And so now this marathon with the challenge of, um, can I do these long workouts that scared the heck out of me at one point, you know, like I did a 38 kilometer workout, um, you know, 16 days ago or something like that, or it was maybe almost 40 K said and done. And, and that's kind of scary, but it's really cool to challenge yourself and to, to do it. And then of course, to get the results on the other end that, that bring that, that works all together to fruition. You know, a lot, a lot of the, the marathon is, is confidence in yourself. And, and a lot of it is, is kind of a, a mental race. Uh, when, when did you, was there like a moment in your training or even in the race where you said, you know, I can do this, I can hold this pace and I can get to the finish line in roughly amount of this time. Yeah. So, well, for me, it was um, probably a slightly different process than for a lot of people because, um, of course I had, um, had a baby just over seven months ago, about seven months ago. And I, it was not at all on my radar when I had him or when I was pregnant or even the first few months postpartum, I didn't aspire to run a marathon. It was sort of in the early fall that I thought, Oh, this would be a cool thing to do. Um, so I was really going from like nothing. And so the pros like now I have a baseline and now I have an idea of what I could do and I have some fitness behind me. But for the first few months, it was just a matter of, can I get to the point where my body can run the course of marathon again? Can I hold up, um, over 42 K, whatever the time is, can I just finish this thing? And then it started to evolve where, you know, I, I, you know, I was running five minutes per K pace in September for 40 minutes and that was rich. So hmm. yeah, I didn't have aspirations to run 232. That was certainly not in my thinking but then bit by bit I would just get incrementally fitter and each workout I could go longer faster and then the next time I would do it and I could go longer and faster and I thought well if you just keep going longer and getting faster then that's a good thing um so it was really only like the last two or three weeks that we realized looking at a couple of my workouts objectively that you know what this is actually going to go pretty well and I could do them and feel good after them and, and still run them pretty fast and think, and recover from them pretty well. And so that was surprising because it's new territory. Right. But in the end, I was just really happy to get to the point where I started it, got to the start line in one piece, healthy. Um, you know, it's hard when you're postpartum recovery, you can get injured easily or anything. I'm going from zero running six months ago to running 80 miles a week. And over the course of six months, that's a lot to ask yourself. So that was just the primary goal was getting there fit and ready to run. And then, then, then I started getting these, these objective markers, but I thought, you know what, I can run under 235 if I put this race together well. 
you know, I, I've talked to um, guys like Dylan Wikes and, and like Reed Coolset, you know, both fathers, and, and they've kind of explained to me what the difference in training before children and after children was like from, from their perspective. It, it would be interesting to uh, to hear it from, from your side, though. I mean, like, that was so, so soon. Um, well, I, I think it was very soon after, um, you know, the, the birth of your last child that, that you really took this on. You know, what what were some of the the really big differences um and and some of the things that you had to tackle this time versus training say before you had children well i i think any parent will tell you that um you have to be way more flexible in your approach so um if that means getting up at the crack of dawn to run when you have you know another parent at home to watch your kids then you do it where before i would have I wouldn't have done that, right? I could manage my time differently. Now I don't get to necessarily manage my time the way I want to when I want to, you know, I can't run at the best part of the day. I have to run when I have childcare. I have to run on the treadmill when I don't want to because I don't have childcare and, and that's the only option. Um, you have to run, suck it up and run tired, right? Like I'm, I exclusively breastfeed my children. I'm up two or three times a night still like they're, they don't bottle and they need to eat and you just got to go with the flow. Like that would have stressed me out as a younger athlete that, Oh, I didn't get my nine hours of perfect uninterrupted sleep. Well, you know what you do it and you move on and you get the work done and you don't overanalyze it. And, um, and you also just really, I think cherish that time to yourself a bit more instead of feeling this like sense of, obligation that you have to go for your training run during the day it's like oh thank goodness i get my hour to go for my run on my own even if it's when it's dark and cold after dinner or whatever it is like it's you know you just are more flexible that way you know i saw that uh that graham hood uh who is your husband and your coach he uh he tweeted about some some cross training that you're doing how uh, how big a role do you think that that uh you know figured into into your training this time around well, we had to be careful because I wasn't coming from a position of a lot of running. Like I've, it's been almost seven years since I've been a pro runner and I've taken some big gaps with pregnancy and triathlon and some time off sport completely. So it wasn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't just jump right back into the high load, although we were actually surprised how much my body could adapt and how quickly it could to the load anyways. So we kept the cost training in for quite a while. Um, I didn't want to get a stress fracture. I've been down that road before multiple times um and it's just it's a great way to build your cardiovascular fitness and get in a bit of extra work but um i think also as an athlete as a triathlete runner triathlete runner um i realized how important cross training is and how um how fit you can get from it and how effective cycling and swimming actually is to building fitness. So both Graham and I went through this several year process of, of doing triathlon and we're really surprised by how we could drop our mile, our run mileage so much and still maintain our fitness, but by swimming and biking more and then become more resilient as runners and, you know, mitigate some of the injuries and become stronger overall. So that was something that we kind of took away from our, experience in triathlon you know speaking of uh of graham you've made uh you know you've you've made your mark uh f- very well uh you know felt in the, on the national scene in in the marathon now uh what about what about graham how how's his fitness doing you know what's what are his goals coming up well we um 
we kind of take turns with our goals, to be honest. Like he's also been really had, you know, been really active the last few years in um, triathlon. So last year when I was pregnant, his big goal was to go to Kona uh, for Ironman. So he qualified for that. So we went to Hawaii as a family and we did a whole bunch of uh, Ironman races and half Ironman races for him last summer leading into it. So that was kind of our focus was making sure that he achieved his goal and we really turn it into a family thing. Like we have fun going to these competitions together, whether it's triathlon or road races and make it a family affair. And we kind of take turns um, and help each other out as much as we can with training and racing. Um, and that's part of the reason why he put this plan together for me, because he understands the logistics and the constraints in my daily life of being the primary caregiver of our kids while he's at work. Um, but it's kind of a, we go back and forth and we also really, as much as we can, it's harder now with the kids, but try to run and bike and swim together as much as possible. Cause that's what we both love to do. And we also love to do it together. You know, your, your identity as a person can, can, you know, the, it's, it's such a diverse sort of uh, field. I mean, like uh, you could say that you are an Olympian, you're a triathlete, uh, you're a mother and also, another thing that, that I noticed that you are is a coach. I, I want to know how the coaching aspect of things, you know, it does affect people's running when they, you know, when they're taking on a coaching role. How did it affect your training and how you approach the race? Um, well, I, I love coaching and I love the kids that I'm fortunate to work with, uh, mostly through the Okanagan Athletics Club in person. And then I also coach some athletes online, but uh, it just gives me really good perspective um, and not just for myself, but just in life, like being involved in helping other people achieve their goals is really super cool. And those relationships that you build. Um, so I bring away a lot of it. And there's been times in my life where I come home, you know, and especially after practice when it's late at night and I'm getting home and it's a bit chaotic in our house. Uh, and I think, Oh, you know, this, this would be less stressful for us if I wasn't out during the dinner hour and getting home at bedtime. But, but we keep coming back to, I like, I'm always in a better mood when I come away from track practice because the energy of the, of the high school kids that I work with, they're so optimistic and energetic and they're just such a great crew that they, um, they bring a lot of value to my life you know, the, as well. And, and hopefully I bring some value to their lives. Hopefully it's a win-win. You know, the question has to be asked uh, now, What what's next for you? I mean, like, there's there's any number of directions that, that you could go after this, but, you know, what, what are the plans going forward? Yeah, we're just kind of going to take a look at it. I, I want to keep things as um, focused on the process as possible and being fulfilling. And, uh, you know, I went down the rabbit hole for years of chasing standards and teams and etc. And that kind of, to me, honestly, sucks some of the enjoyment and the intrinsic value of the sport out for me. Um, and I kind of, you know, I walked away from my track career a little, a little disappointed, not in the process, but in the results. And I was pretty hard on myself. And now I'm really just in a good place. Um, and it, so I'm happy with that. I want to want to continue to enjoy running and coaching and being a parent and you know, other professional activities. Um, and I'd like to run faster. I'd like to do it again because I really enjoyed the day, but I'm not going to throw this 
all my eggs into one basket anymore of make or break. I have to do X, Y, Z. I have to run this time or make this team. Um, and it, and I also just like to kind of, like I said before, continually find new challenges that are exciting and interesting to me. Melinda Elmore is, uh, she, she ran a very, very fast uh, marathon time this past weekend in Houston. You can find her online at melindaelmore.com. Uh, find out all sorts of uh, information there. There's a blog. You can find out more about her coaching. Thanks a lot for, for being on the show this weekend. That was very, very exciting. Um, you know, you kind of flew in under the radar, but I think people people have definitely been, uh, you know, you're, you're back on people's uh, on, on people's <laughs> minds once again. So, you know, like I said, th- thanks a lot for being on the show this week. Thank you so much. It was great to chat with you. Tristan Woodfine is one of the few runners who I can say truly lets his racing do the talking for him. Tristan was a standout collegiate athlete running for the University of Guelph, who has experienced success as a distance runner since then, running a 2.18.55 in the Ottawa Marathon last year. This past weekend, Tristan ran a new PB of 2.15.19 in Houston, showing some serious promise of what's to come. Tristan has traditionally been hard to track down, though, staying away from social media and the like, so it's really been hard to know where his training is at, where he is in his build, etc., Thanks to some help from one of his former teammates, though, shout out to Aaron Hendricks, we chatted with Tristan earlier this week. All right, so, you know, like a, a 215.19, that's certainly um, a result that's that's definitely worth having a conversation about for sure. Man, like what, going into the race, is, is that kind of what you had in mind? Is that like the time that you thought that you'd hit approximately? Yeah, I think, like, my coach and I kind of, you know, looking at Ottawa and then looking at the training we had done, kind of figured 2.15 would be, like, just a good, solid uh, time to hit. You know, like, conditions wouldn't have to be perfect to hit it. It would just, you know, any sort of decent day, would 2.15 would be kind of the time to hit. So that was the goal going in, um, especially after Boxing Day 10-miler. Like, that went really well so i figured i was in good shape and so just carried kind of the confidence from that race into houston and ended up having a good one so yeah can't complain so this was uh this was marathon number three would you would you say this one kind of like this one felt the best uh you know going through it and everything um honestly i felt like uh this one was so way harder than ottawa did um, which might be the whole running, you know, over three and a half minutes faster. But um, I don't know what it was about Houston, but like just the like quads, those last like seven k were just done. Like it was just, I felt like I was barely able to like get one foot in front of the other. So that was quite the struggle at the end. Whereas Ottawa, I felt like I was able to like kind of finish stronger and pick up the pace a little bit. So it was a uh, yeah, honestly, it felt harder, but faster time. So, um, yeah, I think that was just fitness. And I don't know, I find sometimes, too, like, with uh, we had some pretty crappy weather in the Ottawa Valley starting in mid-November, so there was a lot of runs in the treadmill. And I just never find you get quite the same biomechanical stresses of running outside. So that might have been part of it, too. But either way, still happy with the race. 
yeah, you know that that, that Ottawa Valley. I I swear that it feels at least you know a couple degrees warmer in the Ottawa Valley uh, every summer because of of the humidity. There's there's something weird with the with the weather going on there. Um, you know, maybe this is just me looking in as an outsider. What what do you think? Yeah, no, I don't like. It, it seems that it's the winters are colder than you know a lot of Ontario, and the summers a lot hotter. But I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean it's good. I mean it toughens you up. Conditions are never great there, so you know it. Uh, it makes running in some of these uh, marathons when it's like perfect weather it makes it feel a lot easier. So, you know, a, a lot of your training um, or some of your training wasn't done in the Ottawa Valley for this. So uh, just before the race, you were spending some time at uh, at altitude and in, uh, in Flagstaff. Uh, how how did that go? And you know, how was the tr- transition back down? You know, uh, you were kind of mentioning to me that this was like your first kind of extended stay uh, at altitude. Do you, do you felt that it really made a difference? Yeah, I think it. Uh, like, I mean, I don't. Yeah, whether or not it's physiological or just psychological, I think coming down, it felt like great. You know, every like you running just feels so much easier. Um, and especially just like getting out um, in a marathon in that first half of the race, like it just felt like super easy, like um, like just breathing, everything just felt so controlled that I think for sure it definitely helped. Um, and I think there's always something too about just getting away from from home and just like being out somewhere where you're just focusing on training, you know, and little other stress. So. Um, overall, I think it was, yeah, it was nice to, um, get in and the weather there was also, uh, a lot better. I mean, there was still some snow and some cold days, but it got above zero, uh, most, most of the time. So, um, it was nice getting a bit of, I guess, warm weather, uh, before the race as well. You know, you, um, when you went to, to school, you, you went to, you know, U of G, um, had, you know, some, some fairly spectacular races there. Uh, you know, you were around a, a very good team, but you got to train with a, a lot of guys like, like Eric Gillis, like Reed Coolset, like Rob Watson, uh, even guys like, like John Mason, you know, there's a lot of marathon, um, IQ within that group. Now you don't train with them anymore, but like, are you still in contact with them? Was there, was there anything that you really picked up, uh, from them, um, you know, taking into this marathon? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, honestly, like Eric and Reed, um, like, especially having been to uh, like multiple Olympics and stuff. And like, those two are like, definitely like when we were, when I was in Guelph, like you really looked up to those guys. So they were always like, very humble and willing to offer up their expertise and knowledge and wisdom. So definitely like big thing I always took away from them was sort of how their the patience in the marathon build. And, you know, when you're starting out, like you might have this goal time in mind, but like, you don't have to like be trying to hit that goal marathon pace and all of your sessions right away. Like you just kind of let the mileage and the workouts and everything accumulate and, you kind of build that fitness and just be patient and know that, you know, once you get to race day, like it'll be there if you've been consistent. You know, the, the marathon is, is one of those things that sometimes, uh, you know, can take a couple tries to, to really get right. And, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at, 
you know, your marathon history, you know, you started out in, in Rotterdam, you ran in Rotterdam, you ran in, in Ottawa, like you mentioned, um, and then you ran here and, you know, the times just keep on getting better and better. What were the, what were the big lessons that you picked up from, from Rotterdam and, and from Ottawa? You know, like what were the big training things that, that you were able to take forward and that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, I did, like it was, um, it was a different like transition. Like once I, I left Guelph, um, in Speed River for June of 2017, um, cause I just sort of realized I wanted to move back to the Valley and I just wasn't happy in, in Guelph, like as a city, like, I mean, <clears throat> Dave's a great coach and the group was great, but I just didn't enjoy living in Guelph. So I kind of figured moving home would be good for, um, psychological, uh, reasons. And that's kind of when I hooked up with, uh, my old high school triathlon coach, Greg Keeley, just cause I kind of knew I, you know, a coach would, I think they're they're valuable to have, and self coaching can be difficult. So um, when I talked to him, I, I you know I thought it would be good because he was he didn't have any previous marathon experience, which might sound like a weird thing to look for, but I kind of thought like I think he knew me very well as an athlete, and we had stayed in touch. So I kind of was looking for someone who would just coach me as an athlete rather than the event or use some sort of program that they had used before and other athletes that had worked. Um, so when I started with him, the training was like very different than what I had done in Guelph. So it took a little time to adjust to, but I think when Ottawa came around, um, and had a fairly good race, um, I think I kind of knew it was starting to kick in. So, um, from previous marathons, I'd, Honestly, it didn't take a whole lot. It was kind of just starting from scratch, really. Because um, as soon as I started working with him as well, he kind of like was like, "You kind of run like crap now." And he kind of looked back at some videos from high school, and he's like, "Your stride was much better back then." So we did a lot of work, like biomechanical work and strength and stuff. So it really kind of felt like from that point on, it was sort of building from the ground up again. Um, so I think that's kind of contributed to this slow building of, uh, times and getting better and faster. So, um, yeah, I think it's just been a whole new program, a new start and, uh, being back in the Valley has been awesome. And yeah, so I've been just happier and healthier and I think it's translated into uh, faster times. Man, like, so what's interesting is like you, you mentioned that he was your triathlon coach. You were, you were a pretty successful triathlete. Um, but you also ran everything, you know, from the 1500 all the way up to, you know, now the, the marathon a couple of times. Like, do you think that you found your event now with the marathon? Is this the one that you want to stick with? Or, you know, like, do you kind of like that varied ap- approach? Uh, I think for sure marathon is kind of where the main focus will be anyways. Like I definitely will still do some shorter races and I still enjoy running 10 Ks and half marathons and, um, maybe hop on the track too. We'll see. But I think for sure marathon is that overarching goal from here on out. So, you know, what were, um, you know, you mentioned that the training was a little bit different. Was there kind of like a go-to session that, that you like to do? Um, you know, maybe was there one that, that really spoke to you, uh, during this, uh, this past build for, for Houston? 
Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if there's a be a one go-to session. Um, the thing we do to do a lot of is it's just a lot less um, like rest or the rest is usually done at a faster pace, like a steady pace. Hmm. Um, so it kind of just turns every like the majority of workouts into sort of long, like continually fast running. Um, so, yeah, like a, like stable sessions would be, you know, anywhere between like for the marathon, three to five K reps with, you know, 600 to a K, you know, at, you know, three thirty, three forty pace. And, you know, you try and get 20 to 30 K of total volume at that. And, you know, it's sort of a good, a good session because you get some faster running, but you also get that continual, um, almost sort of like a long run as well in it. So I think that one a, was a, definitely a big, um, one to build speed and strength that is required for the marathon. So, you know, we, we want to know what's, what's coming up after this. I mean, like Houston, you knocked it to the park. Um, I think there are quite a few doors opening up for you now. What, uh, what do you have your eyes on going forward? Uh, well, at Houston, I talking to Alan, I had heard that athletics Canada might be using Toronto as, um, a selection race for uh, Olympic marathon qualifier. Um, something about the first Canadian across the line with standard, whatever they make that, um, could get an automatic qualifying spot. So I think Toronto will be the likely, um, candidate for the next marathon. Um, if that's the case. So really, I guess, yeah, most of the year will pretty much just be based on trying to get as fit as possible for, October. Oh man, well I I'm definitely looking forward to to what you can do in Toronto this year. That race, uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, really high stakes. It's going to be fun to see a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, especially a guy like yourself go out there and uh, and give it a shot. And man, that was such uh, that was such a cool race to watch. And you know, I'm really glad that you that you hit that time. It was uh, it was it's been really nice to see your progression. And and thanks a lot for being on the show this week, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Melindy and Tristan, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at the Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, Tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>